Welcome to Coastline Church, seeking renewed faith in Humboldt County by being settled and secure in God's love. To learn more, visit coastlinefoursquare.com. Well, good morning. Good morning. Today was supposed to be the day that my daughter wasn't here, so we don't have PowerPoint. So I gave everybody uh, copies of the scripture that I would read that you can compare with your own version uh, when you get home. So if you didn't get that, uh, there are some on the table there. We're going to be uh, reading from Acts 3 today. And today we're going to be using the New King James Version. So if everybody has that, we'll start. If you remember with Acts 1, we started out talking about the 40 days after Jesus had risen from the dead and then he was seen by, by many for 40 days. And then up to Acts 2, where actually was the Feast of Pentecost, there was 10 more days in there and that was a long prayer meeting. And then there was the Feast of Pentecost and that was where uh, we saw the tongues of fire and people being filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. And uh, the language of all the people that were gathered, they seemed to be able to understand what the Lord was saying in that. So today we're on Acts 3. And uh, just as a point of reference, this, was prob this uh, particular letter was probably written right around 62 A.D., uh, but it's going over a different time. You know, just like when we were in Acts 1 and 2, it was going over the 40 days plus the 10 days, but it's being recorded in approximately 60 to 62 AD. So um, let's go ahead and read, starting at verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain lame, a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they had laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. So he gave them... <clears throat> his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Excuse me. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but, I, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why look so intently at us, 
as though by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you and killed the Prince of Life, whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Yet now, brethren, I know that you did it in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But those things which God foretold by the mouth of all his prophets, that the Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. For Moses truly said to the fathers, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. Him you shall hear in all things, whatever he says to you. And it shall be that every soul who will not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. Yes, and all the prophets from Samuel and those who follow, as many as spoken, have also foretold these days. You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying to Abraham, and in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. To you first, God, have raised up his servant Jesus, sent him to bless you, in turning away every one of you from your iniquities. Amen. Thanks, Nicole, for uh, that testimony, because you, you couldn't have known that this would have, that would have just dovetailed so perfectly. Do you see that? Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for not withholding. Thank you for being brave to be in front of the microphone. When I opted, you could stand right there, right? So, so we're told in this uh, part of uh, scripture and starting in Acts 2.43 that there was many signs and wonders that were done. They weren't all recorded. And uh, so this is Luke. Luke is probably the author of Acts and he's a physician. So he's real exact about certain things. And I can't help but believe that since the scriptures are given by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, um, you know, moving on that man as, as a physician, I just have to think that maybe he had a tiny bit of preacher in him and he was trying to make a statement about a lame man being healed. But I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. The persons whose ministry this miracle happened to be with was Peter and John. And we all remember Peter, he was the one that was denying Christ just in front of a kid. And now he's so bold that he's telling him, you murdered somebody. And, and also now telling them, I have the answer for you on top of it all. And he, he said that there was a specific time and place that when it was established, it was at the hour of prayer, third hour of prayer, 
which uh, we understand to be 3 p.m. So it was in that hour of prayer that, that this was happened. And then Luke, as a physician, he goes on and he's describing this patient here that we just read about in Acts 3.2. He was a poor, lame beggar. He was a cripple. It wasn't something like the chariot uh, rolled over his feet and he ended up being lame, but he was lame from birth. And so this was going to be something that was going to illustrate the glory of God in there. And so um, some people think it was like a, a paralytic distemper that was also happening in his ankles because of the forming of the words of, of the ankles being strengthened. Because normally, you know how it is, even if you get really sick and you're in bed, you start losing strength. Can you imagine for all the years, I mean, it could have been 30 years. We, we don't know exactly how long it was or how old this paralytic was, but uh, he, uh, he's described as this poor beggar, cripple from birth, and he was a beggar because one thing about the Jewish people that you could depend on is that they were really good at giving alms. And so it was like part of their fabric. And so when this man was brought every time to the beautiful gate, and it was really a beautiful gate, on top of uh, some other things I want to bring out, um, they could go there, and it was close enough to the general, some general other areas, possibly where the women went and possibly where the Gentiles went, that there would have been a crowd. It would have been like a... Like a Nicole uh, and I were talking about the yard sale and saying, well, maybe the yard sale wasn't, wasn't the best idea here, but if it was on Harrison Avenue, maybe it would have uh, been better. But it was, there was a specific time and place and purpose in this, and I think it's uh, telling that the physician did say what the time and uh, place was. So not only was he a cripple and a beggar, but he did... Uh, depend on the reputation of charitable men. And next we have the cure. Uh, three, four, and five. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from him. So next, in this cure, his expectations were raised. That was the first thing. Next thing, if he was expecting money, his expectation of alms did actually fail. What I th did think was very interesting here, and I did not know this before, and I've heard this story so many times in, in Sunday school and whatnot, is that there was an ability for them to give even brass as part of being coinage. So I thought it was interesting that Peter said, silver and gold have I none. I know that's not the point, but I'm a nerd. And so it interests me that he said that it, you know, if he would have had silver and gold on him possibly, but he wouldn't have given him the lower level coinage, you know, the brass and everything. I just like that about that. And so he said, silver and gold have I none, and therefore I have none to give thee, but in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Um, so then what happens? Now his expectation, I mean, if I was him, I would just be undone. I, I would I, I would have no words. Um, I'd be kind of like, like Nicole was saying in her testimony how 
she was just overwhelmed that the Lord just answered her and answered her in her heart so quickly, you know. It's so cool that that expectation was um, undone. He, he had that which was better. He gave him that which was better. And you know, the scripture says that in Psalms 107, 20, that, that, um, he, that the Lord sent his word and healed them. So it was even coming through Peter and John, it was his word that was coming through them. And then Peter lent his hand and, and lifted him up again, not because he's doing anything to bring about healing, but I thought that that was interesting that there, not only was the expectations raised and the expectations being undone, but there was something for us to, for, for him to do in it. There was something that he needed to participate in and do. And so he, he took him by the right hand and he said to arise and, and the guy just lifted up immediately. And um, being a, a physician, I would know that, because I used to work for physicians for several years, that what they said that they would mean and they would not be like uh, using artistic license or anything like that. If the guy would have just even wobbled and then started walking, it still would have been a miracle. But it didn't say that. It said he he lifted up, he raised up, and he was walking and leaping. And he was having his own little uh, praise party, <laughs> you know. And then it goes on to say um, in verses 10 and 11, Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. And I find it so interesting that when the Lord does something in our lives, that sometimes that there can be such a makeover, there can be such a change that we can actually even be looking different. Maybe they didn't identify him because he wasn't on ground level. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they never really looked at his face. Because, you know, human nature is such that when people are in need or, or, or in great need, sometimes the answer is we don't look at them. <laughs> if we don't look at them, they're not there. Right? So it says, says here that the people were eyewitnesses. They didn't object to it or anything. And they, it said, were astonished. They were astonished and greatly amazed, says New King James. Astonished and greatly amazed. And it seems, it seems that at least in Jerusalem, if nowhere else, and I'm not really uh, honestly sure why, but it seems like that there was more of a to-do about it, that the miracles were coming through ordinary people, even though they were apostles, other than G even more than Jesus, that they were so like ecstatic and they were so like, oh my gosh, you know, in Jer at least in Jerusalem. Um, yeah, and so then, then the people are running and like it's, it's, it's a growing little mob and, and uh, now they're gonna go to Solomon's porch here and we read, 
reach verses 12 through 26. So when he got the people together in a crowd, he took that opportunity to preach that to preach Christ to them. I have to insert here that um, I have a pastor friend, Pastor John Sampson, and I know that if John Sampson were in this message here, that he would see a crowd and he would say, it's my opportunity to preach. I got a crowd. Mm -hmm. So Peter did the same thing, the same Peter that, you know, came unglued with the child is now filled with the spirit of God and with boldness to preach and sow that seed. And then he saw the people ready to adore him and John. And he's like, wait, 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 back up. <laughs> why are you surprised at the miracle? Number one, you shouldn't be. Number two, why are you giving praise to us like if, like if we're God? Like if we can do something, we can't do anything apart from the Spirit of God. And so he corrected them really, really quickly. And he goes on to preach a sermon that was very, uh, very blunt and to the point. So blunt that you would think, ah, oh, this doesn't sound like... Love, but but when you see it in the context and you see where Peter came from, from being that uh, scaredy cat to this bull by the power of God, then he speaks to them the truth. They did do it. Even even Herod wanted to let him go, but no, they 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 wanted uh, him dead and such. But then he goes on to say a little while later, but brethren. You were in ignorance in your rulers. And I, I think that's really pretty gracious because it wasn't exactly like that. So he comes down on them hard and blunt and strong. And then he goes on to say that, hey, but you were brethren. And it's good to speak um, the word of God. It's good to speak truth. And, and it's also good to not bring people to places of total despair because then they won't look back up and to the Lord and receive, you know, in this case, repentance so that, um, that they could have a refreshing that came from the Lord, but to make the point and the truth uh, to be known. And so he goes on to say, like I said, that, you know, you did it in ignorance and your rulers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, and he says that you were a part of this crime, the death, the death of the Prince of Life, it, Acts 3.18 says. So, um, but those things which God foretold by the mouth of all his prophets that the Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. So he just made sure that they understood that this was fulfilled, this was done. So he tells them what to believe, he goes on, and it's, it's really different than um, the four spiritual laws in this case because it's a different audience. So he's appealing to them in a different way, but he tells them that Jesus is the promised seed. They understood that. The promise was made back to Abraham in Genesis 12:3 that Jesus is a prophet. He is the prophet of promise, and... Uh, because Moses was such a faithful prophet and faithful servant, they had elevated, in, in my humble opinion, they had elevated Moses to almost just under God, that it was like no one's like our Moses. But 
But then the scriptures say that Christ is the greater Moses. And even Moses was going and pointing to the greater Moses, which is Jesus himself here. And so um, Moses was faithful to communicate that. And, um, and then we get to the scripture that I really love. I really love, we even used to sing a song, a scripture song about this. Uh, Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send Jesus Christ who was preached to you before. Um, looks like I read 22. The print's kind of getting littler these days. Must be shrinking book. You know? um, so, so it's the presence of the Lord. It's the Holy Spirit that will provide that refreshing when there is a true repentance and conversion. And um, we can have that in Christ. We can have a perpetual uh, presence of the Lord. We can have a per perpetual refreshing of the Lord as we go to him and uh, we repent. Most of the time the word repent means to have a change of mind or heart, that we agree with God what he says is true, and then we move forward. Then times of refreshing will, will come from the presence of the Lord. Um, then he goes on to say uh, around 25 and 26, he tells them that as Israelites, they did have a monopoly on grace of the Old Testament because they were God's people. They had, they had the first chance. They had the first, uh, the first telling of it. So it was kind of like a double privilege because now, as Israelites, they now had that uh, privilege of having the grace of the New Testament um, there. So he, it's kind of like they had a double privilege, double honor there. And so he's, he's, but he's making his point is, you should have known. You should have known. And uh, yeah, you should have known. And to end the chapter, uh, it says, in, in, and in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. To you first, God, having raised up his servant Jesus, sent him to bless you and turning away every one of you from your iniquities. And in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. It was always the intention of the Lord that all of the earth would be blessed. And that was like a new idea for them. It's like, oh, wait, I thought it was just like for us us four and more, no more, but no, he was saying, for all, all of the earth. So that, of course, would be the G word, Gentiles. It would include the Gentiles, too. So um, we've completed now uh, chapter three of Acts, and I have what I feel is a word uh, from the Lord. Um, so I just submit that to you, and you take it in your prayer closet and all. But I, but I look at words in the New Testament. I look in my Strong's and I study out words and what it means. And I just thought I was curious, you know. If the gate is called beautiful, um, what did it mean like in the Greek, you know? What, what did it mean there? And lo and behold, when I looked at it, Strong's number G or Greek 5611, 
It comes from 5610, meaning to belonging to the right hour or season, or you could say timely, or by implication, flourishing. Beautiful. It can sometimes be talked about as blooming or beautiful as used in the human body. And so, as I said earlier, at the very, very beginning of this time, I think that Luke, as the physician, being by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, I don't think that this, I don't think this was a mistake, that this was the, the first one that he talked about. Because if, if the man came to the gate, gate beautiful and he was lame from birth, it's very much like us, spiritually, that we were lame from birth, that we could not, we could not walk with the Lord on our own, right? And with this uh, gate being called beautiful, this right hour or season, and remember what I, what I had stated earlier was that Luke specifically said the time and the place and the miracle. All right, so he, he's very exact about that. And that's what this word beautiful means. It's belonging to the right hour or the right season. And so maybe if you journal, you might journal in your book, or if you have your, your notes from today, you might stick it in your Bible. But this could be a day for you and I. This could be a day that we see in a right, it was the right hour, it was the right season, it was the right timing of the Lord that he was able to speak to our hearts a word of uh, refreshing, a word of strength, and maybe even a word to share with others, and that we can be confident of this very thing. Um, in Acts um, 3.11, what did I get? Um, no, I wrote, I wrote the wrong one. Um, there, there's a scripture that says he has made everything beautiful in its time. Um, I apologize, I don't have the scripture reference. Um, Isaiah 52, 7 says, how beautiful are the feet of them who spread good news. Proverbs 25, 11, listen to this. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. Have you ever thought of apples of gold in settings of silver? It's like beautiful. It's a work of art, and like that's how I was seeing this, that this could be a time and this could be a place, maybe even literally today and at a certain hour that the Lord could speak a word to us that would strengthen us and uphold us because he does make everything beautiful in its time. And there is a time for everything under heaven, according to Ecclesiastes. So that's my exhortation and encouragement uh, for you. And um, that's what I have. So um, is there anyone else that wanted to bring a comment or anything that the Holy Spirit was showing you? Pastor Linda? I loved how you dig into the word and you looked up the word beautiful. My name Linda means beautiful or pretty. And when you said, and I had shared with you how it's hard for me to look at myself as anything worthwhile. That's, you know, one of those things you carry with you in your life. But when you said belonging to the right hour and the right time, the right season, mm -hmm. I thought, this is my time. 
this is my day for deliverance. And the word flourishing, I love that. That that makes me want to grow and, you know, really uh, adhere to the word and become who the word says I am, not what I think I am, not what the world thinks I am, but what God says I am and who I am, whose I am. Pretty awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Got a lot out of that. Anyone else? So, Father God, we, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your very spirit, your very Holy Spirit that uh, quickens us and makes us alive. Thank you for your spirit, that very wind of God that touches us and moves us and, and uh, touches and moves the whole world and the nations, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are the desire of the nations, truly. Father, I pray that you would uh, speak to each one of our hearts, that you would soften the ground of our hearts, Lord, through your word and through worship, Lord, that we would always do and say what you, you have told us to do and say. And I just thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today at Coastline Church. To find out more information, please visit coastlinefoursquare.com.